0: Welcome. Welcome to the AV Forums podcast extra presented by Phil Hinton.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast extra for February. Coming up we're going to discuss the Bristol Show 2013. The AV Forums podcast extra. And joining me on the podcast extra is Steve Withers and Ed Selly. Good evening guys. Good evening Phil. Evening Phil. So Bristol show it happened uh, this weekend, just gone. Uh, we're recording this on the Monday for the twenty eighth. Um, so both of you went along to the show. You had a good look around. So before we get into any specific products and and anything that caught your eye, uh, in terms of the show, Steve, um, did it feel any busier this year? Was it better laid out? Um, what were your feelings on the show? Well, in terms
0: of layout, I feel, I mean, it's you know anyone who's been to Bristol more than once will know the layouts. Pretty much set in stone these days you walk in the door you take a left and there's the jvc demo you go right and then you, you go through the the major big bigger rooms where they've got things like the what hi-fi um you know demo and um then you've got downstairs there's things like sony and and pioneer and then when you go up to sort of first to third and fourth floors you've got um the little hotel rooms with uh, the more esoteric uh hi-fi kit so that in that sense it was Pretty much as expected. There were a few a few names missing. I have to say, uh, Phillips weren't there this year, and normally they are. Morantz Denon weren't there, and, and normally they are. Uh, Sim Two were were there, but rather than having a big uh, home cinema demo room, uh, you they usually have with one of their top of the line projectors and you know and a, a Paradigm Anthem uh, five point one uh, audio system, they actually had a smaller demo with a, with a, they had a three DS set up, but it was in, in a less Ideal environment using a black diamond screen uh, and a smaller sound system. And then the main big area where they would normally have their demos, they were actually showing off uh, their new peak, well, the new line of of peach tree products. So that was uh, was unusual, a bit different. And otherwise, yeah, it was pretty much business as usual, really. Um, The majority of the manufacturers you'd expect to see were there. It seemed to me busier than last year, actually, if I'm being honest. Uh, I thought last year definitely appeared very quiet. Uh, particularly compared to the year before Uh, this year it seemed busier it might well be as ed was saying on the previous home cinema podcast because the weather was dire and it was freezing cold people decided to come into the the warmth of the 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 bristol show rather than going out somewhere else um but i I don't know about you ed but i I sort of it felt a little bit busier to me and i went on the friday and the saturday so i got to look around on both days um Uh, to me it definitely seemed a bit busier
2: Sorry, Steve. I'm in a slightly awkward position. I didn't actually make it last year, but it did, to me, correlate that, yeah, it was a perfectly horrible day to be outside for more than two or three minutes at a time, and uh, it did seem reasonably busy. Um, The layout, as ever, causes sort of problems in so much as, Uh, Obviously, they can't really second-guess the people doing sort of timed Dems and ticketed Dems and the like. So you end up with the strangest choke points in the most unexpected places actually in the hotel itself. But otherwise, I I thought attendance looked pretty positive. I mean, especially given the Friday is supposed to be quieter because notionally, at least, most of us are supposed to have jobs. Well, they did have –
0: that. Was I don't think they were there on the Friday, but definitely on the Saturday (laughs) – there was a live band playing, which is um, unusual, <laughs> uh, on the mezzanine level. That's just next to where AV forums would normally be. When, when we used to have a a stand of our own, um, that sort of uh, mezzanine open area, uh, just at the top of the stairs, there was uh, there was a band, live band playing there um, on a couple of a couple of occasions on Saturday. So that was a little bit different. I, I sort of heard them as I was walking along, thinking that actually sounds like a live band, and then realised it was a live band. So. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't just an amazing pair of speakers <laughs> um, but yeah I mean uh, what surprised me I suppose to a certain extent was uh, very little audio video a little, very little AV kit if you like um, like I said JVC were there with their usual demo, they were demoing the X55 and only the X55 and they weren't doing any 3D demos either, it was just purely 2D to show off um, eShift primarily Um, So they were there. Um, There was an Epson. One of the rooms upstairs had had some Epson projectors, the 6100 and 9100, showing showing some content that looked quite good. Um, Optoma were there with their brand new HD23, which is a 3D DLP projector that costs £795, which is ridiculously cheap and actually looked pretty good for the money. Uh, I only had a few minutes looking at it, but yeah, as usual with DLP, the 3D in particular was very impressive for that kind of price point um otherwise though you had onkyo that they, they were there um although uh, this year not, not as big uh previous years they've had sort of projectors big screens this was more just a tv in a smaller room um so less of an less of a sort of a larger display than they've had in previous years um and then pioneer were there again with with, with a kuro unsurprisingly uh and, and a 5.1 system using the lx86 and the and the very same player that i've been reviewing a few days before uh, BDP four fifty. So uh, yeah, but in terms of over, overall, in terms of AV, um, not much actually. I've got to say, surprising little AV on display. It was much more about audio. Um, I know that this is traditionally what the Bristol Show has been about, but it, in my you know in my sort of fourth year going, uh, it seemed to be much more about uh, audio products than AV products, uh, and um, specifically very much about streaming and uh, earphones and headphones uh, and DACs you can definitely see that the way people listen to music has fundamentally changed over the last few years and the Bristol show is slowly adjusting to that fact and uh, rather than having guys in anorak sitting around listening to uh, you know stereo speakers uh, and valve amplifiers and this sort of stuff it's it's become much more about uh, how you access the music and how you can get music from a computer to sound better uh, that seemed to me my my impression. I don't know about you, Ed, but that that was my overriding impression of the of the show in total.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I would agree with that. It, it sort of feeds back to what we were saying in, in the in the, the full podcast, that with certain technologies, perhaps, if not on hold, they're taking a little bit longer to, to, to reach fruition. Um, when you've got a show which has a strong audio bias anyway, if you're not 100% sure about the sort of video technologies that you're likely to take, just, just play it safe and, and go audio. And I think that's what most of the manufacturers ended up doing. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I would, I don't think anything that Steve said there is, is particularly discordant. I mean, I guess it comes down to personal preferences. I mean, I'd obviously, I'm completely happy to wander around two channel rooms and you know, that, that, that's by the by, but I can imagine that if you came, you know, potentially looking for the sort of next big thing in AV, the actual number of rooms where any AV was going on, let alone the next big thing was, was pretty limited.
0: I actually forgot to mention the one big thing that was at the show in terms of AV, which was Sony, who was showing the uh, 85-inch 4K TV that we had already shown to members back in November. They had theirs on display. Um, and also the same TV, not exactly the same TV, but the same model, was also being used by, um, by what Hi-Fi in their, in their, uh, their display area. They, they were showing regular people uh, 4K content on a 4K TV. They also actually, funnily enough, had the... Uh, the the Toshiba the ZL2 is it the 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 auto stereoscopic uh, 3D TV which a friend of mine didn't realise at first he thought that maybe it was just showing 3D without the glasses and then I said no you're standing in the wrong spot move across a few feet and you can actually see the 3D effect uh, looked terrible looked terrible I saw it last year it still looks terrible now um, total waste of money in my opinion but they had that there so I suppose a lot of people probably wouldn't have seen uh, glasses free 3D and after that display probably wouldn't want to see it again.
1: So that's the, the AV side, um, and and I guess it's always been that way with Bristol, uh, maybe not quite as bad as this year, Steve, but uh, certainly it's never been an AV show. Uh, so let's move on to the, the two-channel stuff, um, which I know will have excited Ed. Uh, so Ed... Uh, give us a, a brief roundup of uh, of what was being shown and, and what caught your interest
2: uh well if you like it was the usual suspects uh in attendance in uh, in, in in often in their usual rooms as well it's almost it, it's becoming a little, it, on occasions worryingly formulaic uh items that uh impressed i suppose there's one which both impressed and i'm I'm really pleased to say in some ways relieved as well. Obviously, we had the, um, the Guru Juniors uh, making their debut uh, at the show. And um, obviously, there's always a slight trepidation. You're thinking, have they got these speakers working? Is it going to be all right? Mainly uh, because obviously on the rear side of the room, uh, it was smothered in quotes from my review. So I was kind of concerned (laughs) that if you'd walked in and it was me extolling the virtues of a pair of speakers, which sounded like a bag of spanners, um, that <laughs> probably wouldn't have reflected well on anyone, <laughs> but I'm I'm delighted to say, and I think Steve will back me up on this, that um, they really were doing exactly what they were doing for me in, a, in a, a fairly challenging environment as well. I mean, not, none of the rooms in Bristol are particularly, uh, particularly friendly for this sort of thing. But it was a, a really nice demonstration of what the speakers could do. And there seems to be a, a fair amount of positive comment from a number of different people uh, in a number of different places that they were producing a sound that was above and beyond what they were supposed to cost so uh, anyone that did check them out i hope that you enjoyed them as much as i did and you know also the the benefit there was that the the pair actually running were were proper production models which i have to say looked even smarter than the uh than the the basic pre-pro uh review pair that i got sent so yeah that was that was genuinely impressive um at the slightly less affordable end of the market i do apologise for this the other item which which does show some promise although i have to say it was it was playing it a bit safe sonically um cord electronics new streamer uh, i'm uh, there's no way to sugarcoat this it's yours for 7000 um, pounds
0: although it does include a DAC that would cost you four grand on its own this right? is true
2: so uh, no, you're only
0: paying no, an extra three thousand for the <laughs> for, for the, the, streamer. For the
2: bit, yes. <laughs> um, that should be the first, if you like, new challenger to the sort of, if you like, the hegemony that uh, Name and Lynn have got at that part of the market at the moment. And if you like, uh, if with the omens are that obviously they've released the, the tiny um, index streamer that we was reviewed on the forums for a thousand pounds. They've now got this all singing all dancing unit for seven who knows there could be something that will um slot in between these two price points that might be um might be a bit more of a a sort of widespread interest for for for, you know for more people Uh, i mean certainly the pedigrees there uh and then back in the sensibly priced category uh the hidden stars of the show in some ways uh were tucked away in the q acoustics room uh and i'm ashamed to say i haven't I haven't got any notes with me as to what the damn things were called, but there was a new pair of QED Acoustics uh, stand down loudspeakers, at the moment stereo only, which is a bit of a disappointment, but knowing Q Acoustics, I think they'll hopefully rectify that. Um, and these pair of speakers were £350, and frankly, uh, they sounded much, much better than any £350 speaker in that room, in that environment, had any right to uh, so i you know high hopes that one you know i'd, I'd like to, i'd like to spend a bit more time with them anyway but two if they make a matching center speaker for those uh, we need to get them in and we need to get them in, in immediately because uh, they've put a huge amount of effort into the cabinet instead of just going mm, well we can make the speaker more inert by making the uh, cabinet thicker they've actually gone for two 10 mil layers separated by Uh, this weird inertial fluid which apparently never completely sets solid it's glue that never actually sets isn't it (laughs) basically yeah (laughs) which which doesn't sound like much of a selling point but uh, obviously (laughs) they've found a use for it and it essentially (laughs) dissipates energy between the layers of, of the cabinet um and you know obviously interesting technical backstory but the long and the short of it is that it worked And it worked quite extraordinarily well. So I'm genuinely looking forward to those hitting the market and and seeing if uh, they go multi-channel with it, which I sincerely hope that they will. They looked, uh, well, at least they they appeared to me to be
0: the more classic two-channel design, more rectangular box, than, than, say, the the Q7000s, which, um, you know, had that kind of uh, oval, not quite egg-shaped like a kef, but, you know, sort of smaller, more discreet Design, that, unless I was looking at the wrong speaker, they no, look no, more. they more, more like traditional, like more like the more like the gurus. In fact, in some respects, I mean,
2: I do, of- I do agree. They look in, in many ways, yes, a bit like the gurus. They also look like a, a sort of more blown up version of the of the twenty series, more conventional. Sort of box speakers that Q Acoustics do already. Um, the only thing I will say, uh, just because it doesn't appear that any manufacturer can completely defy the laws of physics, the speakers themselves are 350 pounds. The specialist stands, the matching Q Acoustic stands that they were being. Uh, being uh, sold with uh are yours for 200 now it's a very smart stand but that that, that obviously does have quite a that has a bit of an effect on uh, on the overall asking price of the speaker so it will be very interesting to see what they so can that's do what,
0: that's going to be sort of 595 for speakers and stands yes as opposed to say what 795 for the ju- guru juniors five for the guru yeah. yeah so i've got to say i mean last year q acoustics won the I'm not making this stuff up Steve award because uh, obviously Russell had reviewed the q 7000s and said they were incredible. And I was going, yeah, yeah, whatever. We went in, saw them, heard them. And Russell was dead right. They really were impressive. And then Russell said to me, you know, I don't make this stuff up Steve. And, and this year that award went to you for, uh, for the gurus. Cause again, they did actually sound amazing, particularly when you consider they were in a ho- what is a stripped out hotel room. um, um and for 795, you know, I was sitting there and I took my, I took my friend in the following day uh, on Saturday and I said, you've you got to hear these, these are great. And he was going, I think they, yeah, they were, I noticed that, as you mentioned, in the review heavily towed in. Yeah. Um, but they really did sound amazing in that room, considering, you know, considering everything, considering the cost, the size of the speaker and the environment it was in. It sounded superb, I have to say, it really did. And the same goes for the, for the Q Acoustics. Uh, like you, I can't actually remember what the, the new speaker's called, but uh, it, it did, again, sound really good, really good for the money. Um, and that's something I think Q Acoustics particularly are, are making a niche for themselves in terms of uh, delivering performance way in excess of the, uh, the cost of the products themselves.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I suppose the last product, and this this is the, uh, the for me, and perhaps the, tiny percentage of other people who listen to this podcast that still have any interest in vinyl at all. I suppose the other item that was, was, if nothing else, quite interesting and quite fun. Um, Avid, a UK turntable company, they've just released their newest and least expensive turntable which is if you are a truly paid up enthusiast which is interchangeable with nutter this is um probably the least expensive turntable you can buy which will mount two arms instead of one so uh, if you really are going all out for you know having perhaps a cartridge for mono and one for stereo or ones with different presentations (laughs) well absolutely these are these are all options um and you know nothing says to to casual strangers that walk into your into into a room with that than i really take vinyl very seriously indeed um but it seems to be attracting plenty of attention, so you know that that's uh, always a good thing in itself. And um, yeah, it, it just it looked fun. If I'm honest, that's that's half half the battle with these things as I'd, well.
1: I saw a discussion recently between two custom installers, which was quite funny, uh, talking about that turntable. Um, and he was uh, he was uh, told by his client that the client wanted it for a bit of furniture because it looked <laughs> so nice. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I've got to say um, that. One thing I did notice, maybe just because I was going around more of the rooms with you this year than I would normally, but um, there seemed to be more more of a vinyl presence this year than than perhaps last year and the year before. Um, I know vinyls were making a bit of a comeback, uh, if if it could, <laughs> and and that seemed to be the case. I, I seem to be quite a quite a lot of, um, and I haven't heard vinyl for quite some time, and and uh, it did sound
2: great. I have to say, it's <laughs> nice to hear it again. Uh, Half of it, um, the cynic in me says that half the reason why turntables are in quite the numbers that they are is not just because there's any form of revival going on. Um, Such is the sort of dismal state of CD sales at the moment. If you're not in a position to be demonstrating a streamer, the logical option is not a CD player, it's a turntable. It's a, it's an, at least an area where there's some degree of health and growth to the actual sales of the format. And I think that's a decision that a number of people have taken, and that's why there are as many turntables as there are.
0: That, is, that was raised an interesting point, Ed, which is uh, the dearth of CD players at what is ostensibly an audio show. <laughs> mm. um, I mean, there were a few, obviously. Um, interestingly, uh, Pioneer had a, couple, a, a new line of, two-channel products on display, which, which is interesting in the current environment and the way things are going. There were a few, uh, I think Yamaha had one and some others did, where it was a CD player and a streamer. Yep. And as you pointed out, in a few years' time, people will go, well, what's the cup holder for? Um, <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, I, it was interesting that, that there, was, there weren't that many dedicated CD players uh, on display. Uh, anymore no, no, and, and it's it, quite s- sad actually I, I found it to be genuinely depressing that um physical medium is 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 well let's be honest dying out uh in mm. some respects so mm.
2: yeah i mean I, I it's it's a mixed feeling for me i have absolutely no affection for cd but equally i'm acutely aware that the uh, resources available for people who are going to a sort of post-CD environment to buy a reasonable choice of lossless music—that it's still not not really there. So you're in a ridiculous position. Even people that don't use CD are still having to buy the things to rip once and then forever stow in their loft. So it's a it's a bit of a, a, a bizarre one. But uh, ultimately, the show is a reflection of especially as it is you know still tied into a dealer network it's a reflection of in part of what's going on in the stores and that would point to the fact that you know it, it's a it's we're approaching the end game for standalone CD players.
1: Just to wrap up on the show uh, the one point that we made during the home cinema podcast was uh, how things are changing in terms of how we listen to our music and also the the boom in headphones and earphones and so on. Um, I, I take it that that took over most of the show as well.
2: There was certainly no shortage of um, headphones and earphones. Uh, I was disappointed, going back to the, the other podcast, that uh, the headphone stands and earphone stands are still sort of spread liberally throughout the show. There's no equivalent of a quiet room where they can all be sort of listened to in a in a in a sort of more suitable location, suitable state. But um, no, uh, you'll be delighted to hear, and anyone that enjoys headphone and earphone reviews, uh, when Steve and I walked around, we were uh, given uh, plenty of options to talk to uh, a load of people. And there are all sorts of products in the offering. Um, I'm going to have to uh, try and overcome my innate desire to review everything that looks looks retro. And uh, choose, a more, choose a slightly more balanced portfolio. There were a lot
0: of retro-looking products knocking around, though, weren't there? Oh,
2: brown leather is back, and it's yeah, back it's big, big. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, there's some there's some uh, excellent, uh, some, some very promising-looking designs. Uh, Sennheiser and JVC in particular... Um, are on a massive, I mean, obviously Sennheiser, you'd expect so as, as a headphone company, but JVC are on a massive charm offensive as well. And there are some yeah. very technologically interesting and aesthetically pleasing uh, models in the pipeline. And we'll do our best to uh, sift through what they are and, and get the most interesting ones in for review. And uh,
0: sorry, I just forgot to mention at the beginning when I was talking about AV, um, obviously, the other th- big growth area that again is well, well represented at Bristol is soundbars, of course, um, Yamaha being there, had a lot of soundbars on display. Um, there was GoldenEar, who we reviewed both, well, I reviewed for AP Forms, and I know Ed reviewed for another magazine, but um, we reviewed their uh, their SAT subsystems uh, towards the end of last year, and they just launched a new um, soundbar. It's, it is quite pricey. I think it's nine nine five, which is probably more than most TVs would cost, but uh, we'll be getting that in for review on Thursday. So that will be coming soon. But definitely, that's another area that we've had a massive growth in streaming, massive growth in uh, headphones and earphones, and massive growth in, in soundbars. And that was very well reflected at the Bristol show, I thought.
1: Okay, so that's the the Bristol Sound and Vision show. Steve has uh, written a report. There's some photographs and stuff. That's going to be uh, on the front page when we finish recording this. So it will be up before this podcast goes out. So check that out. Also on the front page, you might be interested in a couple of things that Mark has done recently. Uh, 2013 plasma's last stand is the final nail going in the coffin for our favorite display technology mark gives his thoughts in his article on the front page as well as uh there was a, a small launch last week uh, for a games console which uh, we didn't actually see the games console and uh, it was a bit of a mismatch of a mismatch of a release uh, we've got to see some games we didn't get any technical details and all we know is it's a ps4 and the controller kind of looks the yeah. same as the no last prices one. no
0: release dates yeah so on the ground mm-hmm. uh
1: so as you can imagine that news has been met with some indifference uh, mark's covered that subject as well and if you've got any thoughts on either of those go and give your replies and give us your opinions on that and uh, moving on to what we're reviewing in march Uh, We've got the first of uh, the Panasonic line of 2013 TVs in. Don't get too excited, they're not the plasmas. (laughs) They are the uh, LED LCD versions. Uh, We've got the E6 and the ET60 coming up this month. Steve, on that front, and uh, also some uh, audio gear.
0: Yep, we've got a couple of uh, receivers. There's the Marantz SR7007, uh, which hopefully should be up by the time this podcast um, goes up. And we also have the Pioneer LX76, so the one below the 86, which we've already reviewed. Um, so there's, those are two receivers there. Uh, as I mentioned previously, we've got the soundbar coming in from um, Ear, And and also on the, the lower end of, of the uh, frequency range, uh, we've got a couple of um, SVS subwoofers coming
2: in as well. Well, I'm getting one of these SVSs. Um, I mean, as you know, it's a company famed for the shy and retiring nature of its products. Um, uh, This one, I've I've got one that was uh, on display at Bristol and and raising havoc in a room made out of solid concrete. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what it does in my lounge. Uh, Hopefully that's going to be partnered with... um, a well essentially a 5.0 just five five identical speakers from uh, Scandinavian company XTZ Uh, which I am trying to put together at the moment Um, and before either of those things I'm going to be reviewing a product uh, which I've been living with and actually using for a number of my headphone and earphone reviews for the best part of a year now uh, from Furitech, which um, is a headphone amplifier which has the added bonus of being simply put the most ergonomically man-friendly device I've ever encountered but more of that when the actual review goes live before the end of the month. Is that the one that
0: you showed me at the show?
2: Oh yes! Oh yes, yes, that was very pretty.
1: And uh, Steve, you're off uh, as at the time of recording this, you're off to the uh, the Philips event um, tomorrow and Wednesday. So that's looking quite interesting uh, in terms of their new line of TVs because we were quite surprised with the uh, PFL nine seven zero seven which you reviewed uh, last week.
0: Yes, yeah, right, Phil. Um, we haven't actually we hadn't seen uh, a, a Philips TV for nearly three years. In fact so it was it was quite a pleasure to get the the 9707 in in for review and um blow me away it was absolutely superb uh, particularly in 2d it really was one of the best looking led lcd tvs i've seen ever i mean i'm not joking ever it was it was a a genuinely impressive image so uh, that was only launched towards the end of last year So that was a relatively new product they're they're doing their show this this week in amsterdam unsurprisingly perhaps and um launching some new products also be seeing some stuff that will uh, be under nda so i'm going to, be able to talk about it immediately but uh, i'll be interested to see what they've got in the pipeline uh, also i'm going to, while, I'm, while i'm there i'm going to ask them about um dealers because one of the things that suddenly came up in the in the review thread was people you know wanted to see this tv you know this is this is their flagship uh, tv it's got the moth eye filter which works brilliantly you know it looks superb people wanted to demo it people wanted to buy it but the big problem they were having is finding a dealer in the uk and I think that's been a common problem with Philips over the years. So, uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be talking to them about. I think they told me they've got some more dealers coming online very soon. So hopefully there'll be more, more opportunities to both demo and buy their products uh, in 2013.
1: So that's what's coming up for review uh, on AV Forum. So don't forget we've got podcasts coming next month as well. The movies podcast on the seventh with No doubt we shall be covering some of the Oscars results there, Steve. uh, Interesting evening. We won't go into it just now, but it should make for some uh, interesting conversation. On the 14th, we've got the Games Podcast. 21st, we're back with the Home Cinema Podcast. And on the 28th of next month is Podcast Extra. And we're hoping, although we can't confirm at this time, but we are hoping that we have um, a really interesting interview from someone from universal pictures on that one so stay tuned for that we'll confirm uh, that that interview does go ahead it should be interesting stuff so that's about all we got time for for the podcast extra this month so my thanks to ed and steve thanks phil cheers phil and this is phil hinton saying thanks for listening we'll see you again soon the av
0: forums podcast extra was mixed and produced by phil hinton and the senior producer was Stuart wright All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and used for promotional use only. The AV Forums Podcast Extra
1: is copyright M2N Limited.